This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Your dollars are the thing that make this happen. And boy, howdy. I don't know why I said that. We sure couldn't be more thankful about it. Patreon.com slash says who. Hi. Look. You know who it is. It's Maureen. Who else is it going to be? What else am I going to be talking about? Books. But for real, guys, we're so close now. The Hand on the Wall, the third book in the Trulius. The Trulius? The Trulius Givius? You nailed Look, it. I know, I know what I'm talking about. Did it. Dan, it's coming. It's coming out on the 21st. It's so close. You could pre-order it now. And no matter where you pre-order it from, in the U.S., sorry, it's the U.S. thing, you get a free, I see, I always say this word wrong, lenticular. That's right. A free, you said it right. A free lenticular print. You can get signed books. I, 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 I hope you guys like it. Dan just got, it's dedicated to Dan. Stop it. And he just got his copy, which apparently was stolen by his son. Immediately, 14-year-old just took it started reading it last night. Well, you have to let me know what you think. Uh, I certainly will. Because uh, I liked his real-time commentary before. It was very helpful. <laughs> he was on it. He read the he read the the middle book, I believe, or maybe it was the first one. He read it when he w- had the flu and he read it all. We locked him in his room, basically, and he had to just s- make it through. Couldn't get out until he was healed. And uh, he read it all in one sitting. That sounds like good parents. We're good parents. <laughs> just lock We're them in this room. very good parents. Did you just Basically. Thro- throw protein shakes in there and... Yeah, literally. Just a stack of muscle milk and a book. <laughs> See you in a week, kid. Hope you live. Uh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> you can find out more at MaureenJohnsonBooks.com. Uh, if you pre-order... Also, I just want to point out that anyone leaves a review... Of the book on places like Amazon, even if you didn't buy it from there, which you shouldn't. But it's hugely helpful in getting the word out about the books. Like those reviews are really huge. It's like the podcast reviews are really, really helpful. So I just want to thank anyone that's been leaving reviews and pre-ordering. I owe you my life. Here, have one of my fingers. Chop. Oof. That's going to, you only have 10 of those. No, I have four. I've been giving them away a lot. Oh, boy. com. Have a finger. Hey, everyone. This is Dan. It is a new year, and the impeachment is happening alongside everything else, but still happening. And I am still writing it up every night at impeachment.fyi. There is a lot of news happening right now, so offload your impeachment side brain to me, and I will help you through it at impeachment.fyi. Impeachment.fy. It's really very good, Dan. All right. Well, thank you. I meant my singing. Oh, oh welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order, please? Yeah, I'm going to have a 15 pack of McFish nuggets with the uh, oh, raspberry uh, dipping sauce. These aren't, none of those are things that we serve. Banana pie but- with, um, I 
Did you listen? Barbecue dipping um, sauce. Yeah. We do have well, that. You have ban- we have barbecue dipping sauce. With, bana- so that's with banana pie? The, no, we don't. We have apple pies. Right. I'll have the banana pie. Um, since you're here. Yeah, kid? I actually have some questions. For me? Well, yes. Okay, shoot. What do you got? What do you want? I, I don't. I I feel like uh, the winter holidays happened and nothing was supposed to happen. And then everything happened and I'm really confused and also a little bit frightened. So can you explain this? What are you, what are you talking about? I mean, it just seems like everything is supposed to be chill right now and nothing is chill. And what's not chill? What what happened? Oh, I've been out of the office for four hours. Oh, what's going on? You know about the whole Iran thing, right? It's a country. Oh, no. Um... Listen, I, I don't know that I, maybe you should go to work and then well, drive through again. Well, well, just, what is it, kid? You could tell me. I, I, just, it's, what, what happened? It's just, I, there's a lot of things. It's, you know what? I'll just, it's, it's okay. I'll just put some food in a bag and you can drive through. Well, now, oh, I, hold on. Let me check my phone. Oh. 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 Uh. Hey, kid. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. There. Yeah. There's a bunch of cars behind yeah, you. Yeah, I know Can about you... that. But uh, we're gonna have bigger problems soon. So, um. Uh, kid. Yeah. Just get in the car. I don't. You just know. Get in the car. This time. It's my. Sh- there. I need to take the food orders behind you i know just we just i know a place i got a place let's just come on with look me. I, I just i put a bunch of dipping sauces and some old fries and some straws in a bag and i'll just just i'll give them to you and just keep going all right i'll uh i'll send you a helicopter at five. Oh boy can we land on your roof I don't think it's load-bearing. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. I'm Maureen Johnson, and I tried to really... I tried to bring something to the table. I tried to really Man, it was yeah. like we were at the in the big top. Yeah. I was expecting a like an elephant to come out on a beach ball. This is our first time recording in 2020, and boy, does it feel good, right? Right? 2020. 2020. Says Whovians, we are recording this on the 7th of January. You will hear it on the 8th of January. This year started a week ago. (laughs) I don't... I have no ability to comprehend how a hundred years has been packed into seven days, but 
That's what it feels like. It's been something, huh? It has been... It has not been good, Maureen. It has been been, a real... It's been something. Fucked time. (laughs) It is a fucked time. Well, Dan, how have you spent some of your time? I... Well, first of all, I am I am standing today, which is good because I I currently have four jobs, Maureen, and yesterday I worked all of them in one day. Sounds healthy. It is not. It is not healthy. It is not good. I felt by the end of the day yesterday, I felt like I had been locked in a cement mixer and just tumbled all 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 day. Mm. But, uh, but, you know, so it goes, but I, I, Maureen Johnson, I did not think I was going to make a new year's resolution this year. I don't always. Um, but I, I was at, uh, the library last Friday and I was stressing out about the fact that I, I'm going to have, uh, multiple days in the next couple of months where I've got all four jobs happening at once and, and, there are just a lot of balls in the air and the trying to keep them all in my brain has become a, a real source of stress for me. And uh, so I was at the library doing some work because um, it's hard to work when your kids are home from winter break. Um, and I was just doing a walk around, taking a break. And I passed a book on a shelf that was just like a, like a how to keep notes and, to keep a journal type book. Right. Um, and I picked it up and I was like, this is a 300 page book on how to keep a fucking journal. Mm. And then I looked at it and I was like, maybe I need to read a 300 page book on how to keep a journal. And uh, so I got it. And it turns out it's one of those books that appears to mostly be written by um, having a topic and then uh typing that topic into a famous quotes database. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can actually move through it very quickly because there is a lot that you don't need. Um, But anyway, it basically is a way of taking notes and making to-do lists and kind of ordering. It is a way of ordering a notebook that is all about sort of offloading your brain into the notebook so that you don't have to try to keep it all together. What's this book called? Uh, the book, the, the, the notebook method is called the bullet journal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the book, but it is like the bullet journal, something, something. Um, and there is a lot of like bordering on wellness bullshit, uh, in it, I would say. But, um, but I decided I read it and I was like, you know what? There is a lot here that actually makes sense. And so I started doing it and Maureen, I think it might be working. It does work. I am like two or three days into it. So, you know, I, I am nowhere near the habit forming stage. But even simply the sort of cadence of, you know, you wake up first thing in the morning and instead of stressing out, you know, when you start stressing out about shit, you pick the journal up and you make your to do list for the day. And you kind of it's a to do list that also sort of has integrated notes in it and all of that. And then at the end of the day, you also go back to it and and kind of go through it and. Even that alone, I have found to be incredibly helpful. Yeah. 
those things are really helpful. There's a, a little book called it's something like How to Stop Procrastinating. It's a tiny little white book. And it's really good. I read that when I picked it up when I was on tour last year because I was like, I think I need this in my life. And it has this really cool exercise where basically you you take a blank sheet of paper and every day you do like a quick sort of mind map. You just mm-hmm. quickly throw down the things that need to be done, like in little circles or whatever. And then you look at it and then you go, okay, like what flow, what order do I need to do these in? And then you draw the line like, okay, this is one, two, three. And you just number them and then you, it lets you do it really loosey-goosey and then reorder like, okay, here's what I need to do. And then you can lump, you can lump things together. Yeah. So it's, it's the same idea, but just actually having a little dump list of get it out of your brain, put it on here. Yeah. It's there. You don't it, need to worry about it anymore. And I do a lot of to-do lists in my computer and stuff like that. But the, the idea of just sort of like, don't pick up your phone, don't pick up the computer. I just looked it up. The name of the book was The Bullet Journal Method. Track the past, order the present, and design the future. <laughs> Which is a set of lofty goals. But I will say it it has helped me, uh, at least in the very short term. And I'm glad for it because I did feel like my brain was beginning to kind of spin out of control as it was trying to hold all of this stuff together on on sheer will alone my problem is that i start to read those books and then i get my head all mixed up with all the organizational systems and then mm. i have to almost develop an organizational system to organize all the organizations <clears throat> it it just dissolves so basically just pick one and run with it because otherwise you will destroy your mind yeah no i mean it was like it was a pure library serendipity like ah, oh, fuck it i'll I, check this out i think i've read and, that book uh, and yeah, and the guy, I guess the guy kind of made his name with like life hack YouTube videos mm-hmm. and then the, the book kind of grew out of that. Um, but I will say it's like the method is, you know, sort of do a little bit of like dumping your whole year. Then like once a month, you kind of do a big task list for the month and then you kind of keep daily records and it's. Yep, I did that. I don't know. I've, I think it might work. I've cracked open. I have a beautiful 2020 notebook. Moleskin did a limited edition David Bowie set. I was like, fuck it, it, I'm buying this. Like, it's beautiful. It's my present to myself. This little, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like crazy expensive. I'm like, this is my notebook for the year. And I always, I have, so now I have a junk notebook. I always carry two Moleskins around now. One is for the loosey goosey notes. And then I transfer like the nice neater lists into the 2021. Yeah. It sounds insane, but it works. I like it. For one, is like the it. little squish, 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 you know, when you have to quick scribble something down. But then, then I have also been getting things in order. Yeah. And, I um, think that's this year, you know, it's just like, man, got to get, got to get that shit ordered. I've been working on that for years, Dan, but this year I've really decided, you know, it's time because yeah. I think that I've burned, it's like I've burned all the fuel. I'm, I'm out. I've burned, I've dropped all the the units away. I'm the rocket going into space that's like, well, <laughs> you know, there's a big, now I'm just that little capsule. It's like, poof. You know, I'm like, yeah. well, we're down to like what we've gotten here is fine. <laughs> this is actually all I ever needed. So one of the things I, I resolved to do this year down is get more help because I have too many, for example, a simple job of fixing something on my website will take me 
so long that I was, I thought you really just need to get help to do all these, these things that people do them and they're really good at doing them quickly as opposed to me just trying to remember to do the million little pieces of things that I have to do. So I said, this year I'm yeah. getting more help. On the train to Massachusetts, where I spent the amazing New Year's, um, I went on TaskRabbit and I did a bunch of hiring. So that the minute we got back at like 6 p.m. on the 2nd, on the morning of the 3rd, an organizer turned up. Wow. Yes. Because I will organize compulsively and never get done. It's a kind of displacement thing where instead of doing what I need to do, I'll just like ruminate and hold on to this one thing forever. Go, what do I do with this one object? So she came in and in about four hours, we drilled down into so much stuff. She reorganized my bookshelf. Like I worked with her. We did a, we created like an in out section for all of the books I have coming in. And we, put sticky notes on where everything should be. So I'm going to have her come back in to do other parts of the house with me. But for that was like was just on TaskRabbit. Yeah. Wow. TaskRabbit, you can get pretty much anyone to do anything. It's a, it's great. <laughs> so I've never, I've never done it. Oh, I use it all the time. And, um, I've pretty much only gotten great people. Um, wow. it's so, then, based on her notes, the next morning, I went out to Home Depot, and I was like, I rolled up my sleeves. I had a list of stuff. I, I was in there for about two hours, just like making sure I got all the right posts and the right screws, and I got a shelving unit, all like the ones that have to be installed on the wall with the hanging shelves and the, the racks yeah. so you can adjust them. I got new blinds for our bedroom because they always fall down, so I got all the hooks and then I hauled all this shit home. And then when I got home, I went back on TaskRabbit and found someone to come and drill that shit into my wall and get it all correctly assembled that night. And so this woman showed up with her giant organized toolkit at 8.30 in the evening. Wow. Yes. You could just go on and see, like, who's available now. And she was, like, uh, uh, on. And she's like, I and that you have a time and you could pick the time. And then they just come. It's great. They get paid. They're working when they feel like it. It's it works out. So, uh, and I always talk to them about how they feel about it, and generally they feel like pretty good, and they like having their own control and hours and stuff. So she and she made friends with Dexy. So so two of the shelves weren't the right size, Dan. So I had to go out for coffee the next morning. So I carried these like four foot high shelves with me to coffee, and then <laughs> I carried them. I walked all the way back. They're lightweight, but they're big. And then I walked across yeah. town because this is New York. and You have to carry all your shit with you. So I'm carrying the shelves. Yeah. I got to Home Depot and I realized I was almost shaking with hunger. I keep I've been getting a lot of flares recently, a couple really bad ones. And I was like, yeah, stop, eat, be sensible, listen to your body. Another resolution. So I sat down because they opened up a new veggie grill, which is like a vegetarian high end fast food. It's like, you know, it has your side is like broccoli if you want it to be or fries, whatever okay. you want. So I went in, I was like, veggie sandwich. And I went in and I sat down and I was like, yeah. And I was working on my little notebook to-do list. And then I looked up and I noticed that sitting next to me was Russell Simmons. And he sure. had an entire table to himself with about five dishes, like a giant ass kale salad and like a plate of sandwiches, like just all these dishes. And he was just eating and seemed to be ruminating 
because he's like he's famously vegan and he has this yeah. big set of prayer beads on. And so he was in there with a big old plate next to me with all the foods from then I went in and I got my stuff. And then uh, yesterday morning, I had a guy come in to do heavy duty cleaning. And like, wow, do this. Yeah. Oh, then it's really good. So they install my stuff like and it's you can get stuff done like that day. Because people are like, they just show when they're available and you just click, read the reviews. But then, so he comes in and I was sat, I made him coffee and we sat down and I was like, hey, how do you like working with it? And he was telling me about his background and he's like, well, you know, I used to run two tech companies. What? And I was like, oh, and he's like, yeah, I worked in a B market. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, pretend like, you know what a B market is. I mean, I can kind of guess, <laughs> but like, not really sure. And uh, I was like, well, what did they do? And he's like, well, I ran a, I created and ran a wiretap analysis software company. Oh, sure. And I said, oh, well, why don't you tell me about that? And he created, and he was like, and then a QR code and a sorting and blah, blah, blah. So he created a, basically a company that when, you know, there's a bunch of wiretaps and they have a bunch of transcripts and stuff, the software that goes through and finds stuff you want to find to create stuff for mostly for lawyers, like get the information out of the stuff. Um, uh, okay. Just quick point of order. Sure. This is a guy that is then cleaning your house, cleaning my house. Okay. We're going to find out why he's cleaning my house. Cause he said, cause I was like, do you know, like FISA warrants and stuff. He's like, Oh yeah. Like that's, he's like, well, the company, uh, the FBI blacklisted us and we lost all what? Of our, our government contracts <laughs> What? because he said that they were getting all like when he was doing these surveys of all of these different, you know, going through the information and the wiretaps that they would notice that something would come up in one that was information about some other illegal activity. And then clearly what was happening was it was being passed to another division to start a criminal investigation that would be attributed to an unnamed confidential informant when he was like, well, clearly this has been sparked because of this surveillance over here. And then he's like, so then, you know, Rod Rosenstein froze me out. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? He's like, oh, yeah, I had multiple run-ins with Rod Rosenstein. So... He's talking about this and he's like, meanwhile, he's like, also, I noticed that the hinge on that uh, on the on your dresser back in there is a little loose. I can all I have to do is like lift that screw up and uh, and uh, fix that. And I can I can order that back up. And uh, yeah. So, you know, anyway, we lost 90 percent of our government contracts and our and our revenue <laughs> went down from nine ninety nine hundred thousand dollars a year to 90. And I had to fire everybody. And, you know, in the end, we had to shut the company down and then. uh uh, you know, my sister got cancer and I came up to take care of her and I've been living on her couch and I really actually like working for TaskRabbit and I'm making more than a lot of my friends who are still in software development. So anyway, I'm going to start in the bathrooms. What the hell? My mouth is just hanging open right now. So what it means, Dan, is even when I'm not looking at the news, the news literally comes into my house to find me. And more specifically, Dan, this is a sign that Carter Page and I are destined to be together because FISA warrants and dodgy dossier. So, and Rod Rosenstein freezing out my guy. 
That is fucking wild. Also, apparently he taught sailing for 10 years. And um, <sighs> it's like, yeah, you know, I taught people how to sail for 10 years. And also I'm an artist. And anyway, I use bleach. You're okay with bleach, right? <laughs> and I was like, I love bleach. I love the smell. It's like perfume to me. So anyway, Dan, I learned a lot about wiretap analysis, uh, just kind of randomly. <laughs> and how clean is your house? It's pretty clean. I mean, there were some things he didn't do, but the things that he did do, he did really well. So it's like one of those things where I'm like, he didn't really dust that, but he did bleach the hell out of that. And he used this like power mop. And he also told me that he would consider me in the top 10% of cleanest apartments he's seen in New York. So I'm going to be riding that high forever, Dan. He said, look, wow. look at this dry mop. Almost nothing came up on it. And I was like, you're damn right, son. Yours truly here got went a little crazy the other day and rented a rug doctor. That's right. I'm not fucking around. <laughs> this is why I need help, Dan, because left to my own devices for like three seconds, I will just go and rent a rug doctor and drag the thing home through the sleet. Because there's no hmm. car, Dan. I'm dragging a rug doctor right. down the streets of New York going, I definitely need to be doing this right now. Seems like the rug doctor is going to enter your house just covered with gravel and grit. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Creates more more dirt than it cleans. Well, you can take that up with a rug doctor is the good news. But, Dan, anyway, that's when I I got so, I powered through so much. I rocked my body into a flare twice, like a big old fashioned one where I have this, it triggers some neurological stuff. When it's really bad, I won't, I can't see right. Cause it'll affect the eye yeah. muscles as well. So then I just have to kind of ride it out. But luckily I've also resolved to start doing meditation again. I'm like, well, you can't see, might as well close your eyes and do meditation. So, you know, silver linings and all that. So Dan, a lot of stuff has been going on. <laughs> I'm, you do realize that your house is bugged to the teeth oh, now, for right? Oh, sure. for sure. Okay. One of the things he told me is, you know, when you clean, you get to know, he's like, you have to, cleaning is about picking up other objects and touching them with the other objects. You lift up an object and you touch it with paper or cloth or whatever to remove the dirt. And then you have to put the things back. And so in doing so and picking up all these objects, he's like, I try to imagine how the person... Um, here lives and in cleaning your house I was thinking a lot you know what how am I and you're, he's like your house is really lovely and I, how you live is it seems very nice and orderly and um, so and he was just talking it was really beautiful but also he was talking about stuff fondling and I was like well I don't know how to feel I mean he's right but at the same time it sounds like he's been in fondling everything in the other room so but you know, he has that big vacuum strapped to his back that's like some kind of HEPA filter vacuum that looks like a Ghostbusters machine. So I'm like, whatever, I guess so, dude. Bug this place up. What's like, let's make this the second Mar-a-Lago. Microphones <laughs> hanging from the ceiling. Uh, many moons ago, and I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately because of all of the Iraq-Iran stuff happening. When I did Punk Planet magazine, we... um. We actually did a number of stories about what at the time were the sanctions against Iraq and then eventually the the Iraq war. And uh, a lot of that was um, 
was driven by one of our writers who would do who also did quite a bit of um piecework uh in 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 and around Iraq. And uh he would call me every now and then from Iraq, which is not a great thing. And it got to the point where the phones in our office were you know, you'd be talking and you'd hear clicks and sometimes you'd pick up the phone and you instead of uh, instead of getting a dial tone, you would get a fax like a bleep, bleep style sound. Um, and the phones would just go out sort of randomly. And eventually um, it was bad enough that I had to call the phone company. And. Um, and this guy came and he spent a really long time working on the line and going out and coming back. And he was like, you know, I got to tell you, like, I don't know what's going on, but it's like your phone line is going somewhere else. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's good. Thanks. But yeah, it was really weird because uh, like th this was right around when Janice and I were first dating. And so, you know, you would do the thing where you would talk for a long time on the phone and I would talk and then say to things her like, about stuff. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. You hang yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. First. You hang up first. Um, but I talk about stuff that we were working on with the magazine and oh, yeah, we're doing this thing on a rock. And you would hear this like click, click. And then he'd talk for a while and then it'd be like, yeah, OK, I'm got to remember to do laundry tonight. And then it'd be like, click, click. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was good times. But now that, that's gets to be your reality now. You're gonna be a FISA warrant on you soon. Look, they're more than welcome. They're more than welcome. They want to plow maybe through just, my bullshit. I I welcome them to my world. Maybe he is just a big, truly devious fan, and he wants to know how it ends two weeks early. Um, he because you always get what do you do, and then. You know, they see the books in my office and go, oh, are these your books? And I go, yep, that's me. Um, so that's usually how that conversation goes. I'm very embarrassed by it because they're like, what do you write? And I'm like, I don't know, this stuff over here. <laughs> <laughs> this pile this of stuff. They're like, well, what is it? And I'm like, uh, see, all of those interactions that I, I don't think I could do that. I'm like, uh, uh. Ugh, you know, I barely like having people I know into my house. Yeah, but um, you know, when you have a kind of almost compulsion to do the like, it's almost like therapy. I have to. It's like almost it's almost medical where I I will do this stuff to the point of madness and exhaustion and i won't get anything else done so i i yeah. i know i have to i know i have a little bit of a problem in that respect so uh, <laughs> it's a it's a thing like i'll just and and then having it done i just feel like a like so much weight has been lifted off my brain my brain no longer itches and i'm like oh okay Whew. yes so that's how i felt when i started doing these these lists the itch, yeah, the brain itch went away. So anyway, Dan, the other day I turned on Twitter and the trending topic was World War Three, and I thought, well, better get some coffee. <laughs> oh, I'm out. <laughs> do do. That seems fun. That Simpsons gif of Grandpa walking in and out. And that was you. I wasn't even that phased. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what's scary, isn't it? Yeah, I was just like, yeah, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> He's, we are the impeachment stuff's heating up. 
he was a, it was a TikTok. It seems he was on about schedule to do something completely bug fuck. So here we are, I guess. Yeah, it's a different kind of bug fuck, though. I don't mean to for sure. I don't mean to sound glib. This is a no. coping voice. This is yeah. the keep calm it's, and carry uh, on voice. It is. Yeah, we are in. We are in the convergence of the dumbest timeline and the darkest timeline right now, for sure. Mm. It's uh, it's not. It's not good. I don't think. No, it's probably but, um, not. It's probably not good. No. And it does seem to have arisen from the fact that somebody went down to Mar-a-Lago with a PowerPoint presentation with a bunch of crazy hawkish stuff that they wanted to happen. And then this bug fuck version of events that was supposed to make the other other terrible things more palatable. And yeah. Trump pointed at the bottom one and said, I'll have that bug fuck one. And they were all... They all looked at each other and went, well, we were not expecting that. We were not expecting that yeah, outcome. You, it is hard to know what is face-saving leaks and what isn't, but I did read today that apparently General Mattis, who left uh, or was fired a bit ago, uh, claims to, or people that worked for him, claim that he had standing orders with his underlings who draw that kind of stuff together to specifically not do the bug fuck option because they knew that he knew that that would be the one that was picked uh, for anything. Mm. But apparently the, the bug fuck option is, is the normal way of doing things because you want, essentially it's sort of a, it's a way that the Pentagon can say, look, we are literally giving you every option. These ones are not ones you should choose, but these are all of them because you're the president of the United States. And he apparently was like, yeah, cut that list off right there. Um, it's um, you you and I both are uh, elderly enough <laughs> that we have we have we have done two Iraq wars. Yes, we have witnessed them. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot that it's like, oh, I've seen this playbook before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as if there's only, it's like, it, I, I, I'm running out of words to describe what it's like to see the same thing done repeatedly. <laughs> and it's a war. Yeah. Just, we'll just keep doing this. Yeah. So I yeah. guess in case there is someone who, for whatever reason, Bless the, bless the, I mean, to be them, missed this. Do you want to quickly summarize what it is that happened? Hi, lay down. Yes, puppy got up. She uh, got well, up and looked at me sleepily like, this bullshit? And I was like, I'm afraid so, girl, go back to sleep. In the, in the kind of interim period between Christmas and New Year's, there was, the best I can understand, there was some level of sort of, Militias within Iraq um, that are mostly backed by Iran or entirely backed by Iran getting up to no good. Uh, specifically, kind of the big one was um, storming the U.S. embassy, which is not a good thing, right, um, in Iraq. And there were a series of Twitter threats by the president uh, as a result of this. And then suddenly on the second of January, uh, the report came out that the U.S. had droned um, 
a major person within the Ira- Iranian defense uh, department or whatever you call it. I don't got good words right now. Um, as he was uh, getting ready to leave Iraq. Um, and that has triggered a lot of words and threats and all of it from every side. Yeah, it was a... Uh... Is it what's called an extrajudicial um, assassination? Really, I mean, they just yeah, they straight up they straight up assassinated the guy, and they straight up assassinated the guy in Iraq without telling the Iraqis. Yeah, yeah, without telling almost anyone. They didn't tell um, Senate Democrats who were supposed to be told before that sort of thing. Uh, apparently, they did give. Republicans an early warning and they told guests at Mar-a-Lago. I didn't know that, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Uh the Daily Beast, uh Spencer Ackerman, uh, who was has been on this podcast before, uh at the Daily Beast, uh reported little quotes. In the five days prior to launching a strike that killed Iran's most important military leader. Donald Trump roamed the halls of Mar-a-Lago, his private resort in Florida, and started dropping hints to close associates and club goers that something huge was coming. According to three people who've been at the president's Palm Beach Club over the past several days, Trump began telling friends and allies hanging in his at his perennial vacation getaway that he was working on a, quote, big response to the Iranian regime that they would be hearing or reading about very soon. His comments went beyond the New Year's Eve tweet he sent out warning of the, quote, big price Iran would pay for damage to the U.S. facilities. Two of these sources tell the Daily Beast that the president specifically mentioned he'd been in close contact with his top national security and military advisors on gaming out options for an aggressive action that could quickly materialize. Quote, he kept saying, you'll see, one of the sources recalled, describing a conversation with Trump before Thursday's strike. Wow, we live in a terrible fairy tale. You'll yeah, see. You'll you see. Yeah. So, yeah. So we um I mean, one doesn't want to say call up names like Archduke Franz Ferdinand, but you know, there are echoes. Yeah. You know, so we went in and we um we did an assassination. The Iraqis were not happy. No, the Iraqi parliament almost immediately voted to kick the U.S. out of Iraq. Then yesterday, then oh, you go. No, no, no. I want you to do it. Yesterday, then the uh, Iraqi prime minister produced a letter from the U.S. government, basically saying they will withdraw from Iraq. And then, like an hour later, uh the U.S. walked it back by saying that was a draft that they sent by mistake. Yeah, I think that was the point, Dan, where I did the Grandpa Simpson with the hat and putting it back on. Yeah. Just, we sent them a letter by mistake that said we were going to withdraw our troops. Or we didn't. Or we and didn't. And then we realized after the fact, because we got yelled at, that we needed to figure out a way to take that back. It's almost like Donald Trump was elected president. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Right. Like that's why it is both terrifying and 
weirdly not surprising at the same time. Like, and we're not going to do the thing. We're, we'll just only touch on the fact that he tweeted and and ranted and so, for so many years that Obama thought was under pressure, and so he was going to randomly start right. a war with Iran, which he never did. And then I guess he gave himself the idea. Who knows that he was like, but what if I yeah. did that? I mean, he is the king of projection, right? And he somehow manages not only to be the king of projection, but the king of inception, because a lot of his projections are from the past into the future. But certainly people have pulled up, you know, a half dozen tweets about how Obama's in trouble. So he's going to start a war with Iran. And suddenly, you know, just a, a week or two after the House impeaches him, here we are on the edge. Into this fray rides a hero, Dan. A hero. A hero. A hero in the form of John Bolton. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's coming into your... He's he's cut. He's You're in the, the wheelhouse of your little ship, impeachment.fy, and you're steering. There's a little knock on the cabin. Hello? Let me in. Let me in. You open the door. You have a little strokey beard, and you've got your captain's hat on. Oh, Captain Dan. You open the door, and there's fucking John Bolton standing there. Mustachio John Bolton uh, saying, I'll testify if asked. Surprise, motherfuckers. Not the House, but the Senate, because apparently I can choose. Also, did I mention yeah. I have a book coming out? P.S. I am one of the biggest Iran hawks ever. <laughs> and suddenly I'm emerging to say that I'll testify. I don't understand the game that John Bolton is playing, but I don't like it. Is it that he got his wish and therefore now he can kind of it's like it's like his cheat day or something? I don't know. Or is it the start of, you know, what a bunch of these assholes have said, which is like, well, I'm 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 going to hold my tongue unless, you know, unless it really feels like the right time or whatever. Like is it suddenly the right time because someone even like John Bolton is like, oh, hey, whoa, wait a second. I've had a giant fucking boner for a war in Iran for decades. But we were supposed to do but it not this, this way. way. Yeah, we were supposed to do yeah. We were supposed to tell them and we were supposed to before we started this horrific, horrific, endless war. So anyway, uh, um, we've just caused a major realignment. And, and I, I would say it's fair to say that neither you or I are experts on Middle Eastern policy. No, but no, none. But I mean, as sort of citizens, I guess we can see a major realignment of Middle Eastern politics and alliances. Um, it certainly makes it, it makes it more difficult when you then tweet out that you're going to bomb 52 sites and commit, you know, the, of, of cultural or civilian or cultural value. And that's a war crime. And so if you tweet that you're going to do a war crime and isolate the entire international community because you'd be a war criminal and would be an in, in violation of international law. Yeah. Um, to the point where even Boris Johnson has to censor you. This is the thing that I don't quite understand about that threat. I mean, first of all, it's a fucking nightmare, right? It, like, it's horrific. But he specifically is like 52 sites because of the 52 hostages that were taken, you know, in the, in 1979? In the late 70s, right? Yeah. yeah. He does not in any fucking reality could he tell you 
probably even that that ever happened, though it did kind of happen in his wheelhouse of the early 80s, right? So maybe he remembers that it happened, but he could not possibly tell you that there were 52 hostages. So who's who is fucking feeding him that information feels like a key question to ask. It feels like he has a deck of cards. Yeah, but he he references that it's the hostages. That is not information that is that was not given to him. So somebody gave him that. Anyway, Maureen Johnson, shit is dark uh, in this conversation. And in reality, it is I feel like I got to pull us out. You're pulling us out. You're getting us out. Here is. Here is how I'm going to pull us out, because it's. We have moved into a remarkably dark timeline very quickly. And so I'm going to I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. Uh, A couple of years ago, um, two, two and a half years ago, my dad died and um, some folks here in Chicago uh, gave me a gift of a bonsai tree. Um, as you know, sort of a condolence thing, which, which was very thoughtful, but also giving live things to people as gifts is maybe not the best thing because probably they're going to kill those things. Um, but I, I became very attached to that tree, uh, because grief is weird and, and all of that stuff and, uh, made sure that I didn't kill it. Um, watered it really carefully. It did really well when we travel over the summers and things like that. I get, I find a home for it and, and make sure it gets taken care of. And, um, and this December, uh, we put up our Christmas tree and it blocked the space that the bonsai was in. So I was like, I got to move this to a different, to a different window. And, um, impeachment out of stuff started and, and, uh, prepping for Christmas and, and, and suddenly two weeks go by. I think it was on Christmas Eve and Janice goes, Dan, you're bonsai. And I had completely forgotten about it for two weeks it was dry. Like the leaves were just like these shriveled hanging things. You could touch it and they would just drop off. And I was just like, Holy shit. I've killed, I've killed this bonsai tree. Right. Which, because it's interleaved with with my dad's death is like you know you can't take out the guilt and all of that and it was just like jesus uh i felt like really really bad and uh i was like all right i'm uh, i guess i'll just keep watering this dead thing and uh put water on it you know multiple days i'm like fucking talking to the thing right like at one time i was just like come on please just give me a leaf and um and this weekend has been like two weeks and I, and it's just like, I think that then there's like literally like three leaves continuing to like shriveled leaves on the thing. It has dropped all its leaves at this point. It's just like sticks. And this weekend I was like, I think I'm fucking done, you know? And like, I don't even know why I'm watering this thing anymore. And, and then yesterday I, I watered it again. And I was like, is that a, is that a, like a little tiny bud? But like my eyes are fucked. So I like couldn't even totally tell, but it was like, felt like there was at the very tip of one of these, what I thought was a totally dried up stick of a branch. It felt like there was something different. And then 
this morning I got up and I got up when the four-year-old got up, he gets up at six 30. So it's still dark. And I was like, I want to look at this thing. So I like literally use the flashlight on my phone and I'm like looking and I'm like, I think there are tiny little leaves in bits of this. Like, and I don't think they're dry. I think that I'm seeing this. And so I looked something up and it was like, you know, with a bonsai, like scratch the, scratch the bark a little bit. And if it's brown underneath, it's dead. And if it's green, there's there's still life. And I scratched the bark and it's bright green underneath. Like bright green. And it was like, and it should feel wet. And it totally felt yes. wet. And I looked at it even, and this was like literally like, this was like four hours ago. And I looked at it right before we recorded. And I'm like, those are definitely little leaves and little bits and parts of it. And I realized like, that's, that's right. Like, you can't give up on the little tiny bits of hope, even when they're, even when it feels like this is amazing. There's nothing there, you know, like even when it just feels like this is fucking fruitless, right? Like, I mean, I spent two weeks basically watering a stick in some dirt, right? Like being like, come on, become a tree. <laughs> like, Just, I need you to be a tree for all sorts of dumb fucking reasons. Like I need you to be a tree. And um, it's a tree. And I think it's a tree. And that's amazing. Yeah. And it and it also to me, it's like last week we said our 2020 slogan was grow for it. Mm -hmm. And now I've got a thing and I'm just like, it's growing for it. It really is. It's coming true, Dan. We're, yeah. man we're manifesting it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. As. To me, as as dark as shit's going to get, we've always known 2020 was going to be fucking bananas and dark and awful. We won't, Let's right? not use the words dark and awful. Let's use the words uh, interesting um, and event-filled. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. I'm trying. But we got to keep me. We got to keep watering. You know, keep even watering. at the moments where it just feels like it's a fucking stick in the ground. Gotta keep water. Keep watering. Yeah. You gotta grow for it. Just speaking of water very quickly, we would be remiss not to even mention at the end of this episode that obviously if any help you can, if you're in the mood to do any donating, donating to any uh, organizations that are helping with the Australian fires, for real. And the um and if you are a listener in Australia, um our our hearts and everything go out to you and hope that you and and yours are are safe. I've been concluding each day by reading several articles on how, how what's happening with the bushfire and that is hard to go to sleep on. Um yeah. But uh looking at the for me it's the it's not that I don't feel, but I feel a lot about the people, but seeing the pictures of the animals is always the thing that grabs me and goes, get your wallet out, get anything out and, and give. Yeah. Um, because the animal loss has been um, about 500 million animals. Jesus Christ. Half a billion. And people are literally standing in the water, sheltering from the fire. And the air is orange in New Zealand, which is what it's about 200 kilometers or 2000 kilometers away. 
So yeah, the skies over New Zealand were bright orange. Orange in the middle of the day. Yeah. Like an orange, like an orange. It's really weird looking. Yeah. And um, uh, the air quality in very various places is, is it, they said it's something like smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and uh, block anybody that uh, spreads rumors of the arson on Twitter. It's not arson. <laughs> That's a yeah. thing that people are trying to spread. Block those motherfuckers. Um, and of course, the people of Puerto Rico who this morning suffered a, uh, a giant earthquake. So, yeah, um, I didn't mean to end bleak, just, you know, these people need help. And no, I think that I also think that we can't we can't run from it being bleak, you know, like there are absolutely things that are bleak, but alongside all of that bleakness. Right. I mean, I'm one of my four jobs involves um working with a, a bunch of really remarkable people, one of whom is in Puerto Rico right now. So I was sending emails first thing this morning being like, you all right? And just thinking about, you know, her and the work that she's doing and 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 knowing that she will be right there doing, you know, doing her kick ass work, even even as conditions conditions are difficult. And, you know, seeing Jose Andres on Twitter almost immediately being like, we'll be there. You know, we'll be feeding people. And they're in Australia like, too. Yeah. As hard as things get, you can also, I mean, Jesus, it's the fucking Mr. Rogers thing, right? Like, look for the helpers. Right. They are there, you know? And that's, there is always, there are always signs of hope, even in the moments that things are, feel the most hopeless. Hooray. It says who? <laughs> Uh, one of the things that gives me hope is our says Whovians who are continuing to do amazing things on Facebook. Janice tells me almost every day has something to show me that is just remarkable and uh, and and it is a good community and says who is made possible by that community, by you and your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who I have been busy getting things out the door the posters for our continuing $10 and up supporters. Those have gone out and have seemed like largely been received. Uh, the coping boxes are done. I just got the shipment of boxes themselves in the mail. So those are going to be packed up in the next couple of days and we'll be going out. That's for folks that are sustaining supporters at the $25 and up level. But and really yesterday, Dan sent me two gifts. Yeah, I did. One was a mug that says grow for it. Yeah. And the other is a kitchen apron, a white kitchen apron with a an embroidered image of another apron on it that just says who. He sent You're, me a who apron. I sent you a who apron apron. It's it's on I've have it spread out on the dining room table like a like an artifact. <laughs> You're supposed to cook in it. Now, I'm just looking at it for right now because I, I don't want to. I mean, it's it's so I think it's actually just going to go in the kitchen as a kind of decoration. <laughs> Keep it because it's white. So I want to preserve it. It uh, these are all bits and 
bits and pieces of experiments that I'm doing that may be creating a fifth job for myself. But um, yeah, oh, good. That's probably a good idea. It's it's actually a great idea. You should do Uh, that. But but that it may manifest in some says who merch sooner rather than later is all I'm going to say right now. The mug is really nice. I I sent myself a mug too. I drank coffee yeah, the out mug of it is today. Nice. It's I specifically made it very 70s looking. Yeah, if you want if you want merch, let us know. I mean, maybe we'll uh a nice big scrotes mug or <laughs> You can put your balls in this, Scrotes, or... Oh, boy. Like get... <laughs> okay, you caught yourself there. Uh. Anyway, says who is made possible by you at patreon.com slash says who. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Thank you, Ted. I hope you are well. Our logo is designed by Darth. We love you, Darth. We love you, Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. You can spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. That includes Spotify, which more and more people are listening through. So if you listen on Spotify... Do whatever they ask you there with reviewing or starring Spotify or whatever. Anything they do. tell you to do, just do, do it. Do. It's like, why? Why is this playlist just names of people and it's labeled hit list? Just do All what it right. tells you. Well, join us on January 15th. That is next Wednesday for our next episode. But even more excited than that, in two weeks, join Maureen Johnson on the road for the Hand on the Wall book tour. Where are you going? Tell us. Okay, on release day, I'll be in Los Angeles, California with Billy Jensen at the Grove, uh, the Barnes & Noble at the Grove. On the 23rd of January, I'll be in Denver, Colorado at the Tattered Cover Colfax uh, location. On the 25th, I'll be in Christiana, Delaware at the Barnes & Noble at Christiana. On the 26th, I'll be at Oxford Valley, Pennsylvania at the Oxford Valley Mall, Barnes & Noble, which is a giant one in my hometown. And on the 27th, I'll be in Athens, Georgia at, it's actually, it's through Avid Books, but it's at the library. And it's going to be awesome. We also booked our vacation. Whoa, where are you going? Yeah. To the Caribbean, Dan. Technically, it's our honeymoon. Aww. We go away once a year for a week, and we like to do it during the winter because I have seasonal affective disorder, yeah. and going away for to get sun in the winter um, fills my brain up with vitamin D. So that's that's our going away. That and I don't think we awesome. I don't think we did it last. Or I, I actually took Oscar with me on a retreat. So I was working and he was sitting there at, on the retreat with the, with so, but this, we're actually just going away. The two of us technically on our, on our honeymoon. Um, Cause we didn't take it yet. <laughs> and I booked that between going to the home Depot and right before the woman came with the drill on Saturday night, we, we were you chugging. You are TCB. Mm-hmm. 
taking right. care of business. Maureen Johnson in 2020. Jesus. Yeah. What an inspiration. I got this happening with this hand, this happening with this hand, and this happening with my third hand. Well, your third hand is apparently TaskRabbit. Jesus, it's, they should sponsor it, this podcast. It's brought to you by TaskRabbit. It's not, though. It's not. It's, not. it's brought ah, to you new by sponsor. you. New sponsor. Anyway, before you get any bad ideas, from my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. Like, say you didn't have any food. Oh, boy. And you were like, I'm hungry. Oh, oh my God, Dan, this is true. I cannot believe I forgot this. <laughs> oh, no. The guy, this is a remember? Ominous setup. No, no, this is real. And this is what's amazing is it's the best part, and I left it out, which is often what happens. The guy, the guy here that was like the wiretap company. And I said, he, he founded two tech companies. I said, yeah. what's the second one? He said, I'm obsessed with meal box services. And so he is, he developed, I couldn't tell from what he was saying, a meal box service or software that works. I guess it's software that works with meal delivery services. Whoa. And I said, you mean like Blue Apron? And he said, yeah, I'm constantly trying to get into one to Blue Apron. Every month I try to get in there with my one pager. I've made it past security once. What? Wait, he <laughs> means it literally. Yeah. He's just rushing Blue Apron yeah. with a this one I, sheet. This is when I start, first of all, I didn't know that a one sheet was a thing because I don't know anything about anything, Dan. I'm like, I, I got a general idea from the term one sheet, what it must be. Like, it's like B market. I'm like, just, it seems like, I guess what the, I know what that means, but he's got it and he keeps, and I thought he was like sending it via, and apparently no, he's like, when he said I got past security once, or no, it wasn't even, he got past security. He gave it to somebody in security to take it to somebody. Oh my goodness gracious. Is I that am... how you do things? I think I know I... why his company isn't working. Just don't know that you should be inviting random people into your home. I was, I was, I, yeah, when he said the thing about the security, because I said, and then I was like, it seems like there's a lot of food waste. And then he went into a whole thing about the food waste ratios oh boy. Um, and how they weren't actually, and it was, he's like, you come out about even when you turn in terms of going to the grocery store because of the packaging that arrives at the grocery store and the compacting that happens in the bag. And he went through all of it. But that guy is apparently got his, his one sheet and he is, literally trying to get into blue apron headquarters and the security guards like that rascally guy is back. And he's like sneaking. He's got like a mustache on. He's like, I just have to make it. I'm a French chef and I have to take this. He just upstairs. wears a stack of blue apron boxes and <laughs> tries to shuffle in. Oh, it's me. I'm a Luigi, the chef. Uh, let me upstairs. I make a new pasta <laughs> recipe. I must speak to the boss immediately. Oh, yes, sir. And he's got a big puffy chef's hat on. Is that how you do things then? I'm really nervous for you. He's going to get tackled, right? And dragged he's out the listening to this whole conversation right now. I know, because he's been fondling my things. Oh, God. Oh. You pick up things you and, move. and you touch them you with other things. right now. I, I may hire that guy again. He did a pretty good job. <laughs> Just saying. We didn't hate it. Oh, God. From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. And from a place of oh boy, optimism that can sometimes be tempered by the weight of current events, but with an overall spirit of renewal and growth that uh. 
don't think that's how you and then he's printed it out. Maybe he's laminated it. <laughs> Definitely. I really not did not think things. about I can't believe I forgot this part, but there was a genuine blue apron connection. Oh because I was God. sitting there thinking, like, this guy has a lot of jobs. Like more jobs than you. Up. And his job, like your jobs are kind of running similar but different things out of your house. This guy is like, I'm cleaning i got a machine on my back i run a wiretap analysis company and also i'm trying to break into blue apron on the weekly did i tell you i also know boats and i was like this is a lot <laughs> all right just say your name might be the last time we ever hear from you <laughs> look if anything happens to me at least this has been recorded just go through my task rabbit backlog and we'll figure this out <laughs> should i give this man keys to my house no <laughs> I mean, he probably already has them. He's like a key cutter as well. Oh, yeah. I carved your key into soap. Oh, my Blue God. Blue apron. We're in your house. God damn it. I'm Maureen Johnson. <laughs> this has been Says Who. I can't believe I forgot that part. That was the most amazing. I think that that is terrifying. This was all one 10 minute conversation over a cup of coffee. You just have him sit down and eat coffee. Aren't you paying him by the hour? I, I, I am. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, usually I make coffee and, and people may not necessarily sit down. They may drink it while they're doing it, but he just sat down and I was like, tell me all about yourself guy. (laughs) He was like, 10, four, let's do this. How do you feel about wiretaps? How much time you got? How you feel about wiretaps, sailboats, and boxed food? <laughs> and I said, I said, yes. You're all two out of the three. You got me. <sighs>